Welcome to the Charleston Real Estate Connection Podcast, connecting and reconnecting you with all things Charleston. I am your host, Nia Joy, your golden realtor, licensed in the state of South Carolina. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Charleston Real Estate Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Nia Joy, and today's interview is with Councilman Ron Brinson, District 4, North Charleston. Stay tuned. I'm here with Ron Brinson. Ron, it is a pleasure to finally sit down with you. Uh, I've gotten to know you mostly through communication um, from my HOA board. Because <laughs> I know you've been really helpful with helping us get some things um, done in our local community. Um, but I really wanted to sit down with you today to kind of get to know more about, you know, the county's plans and how you're going to help, um, how you have been help advocating to uh, get things done for us and being a public service. I just want to thank you um, for your public service because I know that that's a very tough job that you have. Um, but more than anything, you definitely help get some things done. So welcome to my podcast today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> welcome to City Hall. Thank you. Thank you. This is my first yeah. interview here. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, so tell me, Ron, tell me somewhat about yourself. Tell me your connecti- connection to Charleston. Well, I was born and raised here. Um, spent most of my uh, college days uh, in a apprenticeship college program Okay. Uh, at the newspaper. My first career was in journalism. Okay. Uh, and then I was recruited to the public port authority uh, industry. Okay. I worked for uh, a couple of years for our, our governor. Um, in 1979, I went to uh, Washington to head up the American Association of Port Authorities. We represented all of the major ports in the Western Hemisphere and okay. all of them in the United States. That's interesting. Um, and then I was recruited to uh, New Orleans, where I was the CEO of Port New Orleans for 16 years. Oh, wow. And back in 2002, my wife and I decided it was time to come home to Charleston and our three sons. So here we are. Yeah. Here you are. Here you are. And uh, I think um, a lot of people may have forgotten about, um, or for those who are new to Charleston, being a part of the paper, that, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's that's a cornerstone here in Charleston, um, the posting career. Um, wow. So a lot of time with the, the Port Authority and Ports. So, what brought you to being a public servant here for Dorchester County? Well, we, um, you and I, yes, uh, we live in one of the fastest growing parts of our state. Indeed. Uh, and back in 2010, I had served two terms as president of our homeowners association. Uh-huh. So I think your husband's been very involved. Yes, very much so. And uh, we. Because of the census-based adjustments, we had an open seat on city council, and the mayor asked if I would be interested in running. We have some, the city has some issues with the railroads and okay. with the port. I thought I could be helpful with that. Okay. And uh, here I am, beginning my third term. Third term. So, 
third term. So you said you started around what year? My first election was in 2011. 2011, okay. We served four-year terms. Four-year terms. Our elections are nonpartisan. It's all about Republicans. It's all about Democrats. It's all about trying to uh, make the city relevant to its constituents. Thank you. That was so well put because that was going to be my follow-up question about it, um, about what you do, because like me and many other people, it's so easy to get it confused with being a politician versus being a public servant. Right. We like to make that distinction because if if we do this right, mm -hmm. we're communicating with our constituents every day. Mm -hmm. And it could be about uh, you know a missing garbage can or it could be about a police uh, or a fire uh, issue. Uh, this position, city councilman, really does connect you to how functionally important the city is to yes. its residents. Yes, indeed. And I think a lot of people forget that the city of North Charleston crosses over into Dorchester County. And, and so I'm pretty sure you get that um, often from people who may not be as familiar with the county lines and how that works. Um, well, that's an interesting point and very definitely a part of uh, the dynamics of framing our city now. Mm -hmm. When I grew up in North Charleston uh, a long, long time ago, <laughs> it was not a city. We called it the North area. It was unincorporated. Uh -huh. um, and it was its activity was centered around the Park Circle area. Okay. Uh, today our city is the third largest in the state. Yes. Probably the fastest growing. And we have 30,000 residents living in Dorchester County. Wow. Uh, and, the, and the equations mm -hmm. between Dorchester County and Charleston County are so very different. Mm -hmm. and so we have to represent them accordingly. You know? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That, um, about how many people would you say, as far as um, you representing, um, I know you're being an elected official, um, how many of those residents do you help or do you engage with of that 30,000? Well, about half of, uh, of uh, those folks are in my district. I also have some who live in Charleston County. Okay. Uh, I engage with them. You know, each each councilman has a, has his own style. Mm -hmm. A lot use the indirect uh, medium of uh, social media, right? Uh, in all of its various forms. Yes. Um, I try to maintain a more direct contact through okay. personal emails. Mm -hmm. We have a newsletter that goes out as an email blast periodically. Okay. Uh, folks are encouraged to contact me directly anytime they need anything, you know, try to respond. That's pretty amazing. I know um, you are pretty responsive and um, just with our neighborhood alone, you know, um, that's my personal experience. Again, working with my husband, who's former HOA president of our community. Um, as far as some of the plans for the Dorchester, Charleston County area that you represent, what are some of the things that you're working on this year to help um, an to help be an advocate for um, the citizens? Well, um, that involves many uh, approaches. Mm -hmm. um, one, 
is we we are really emphasizing um, recreation right now. Uh -huh. We are about to open a $24 million Olympic size uh, pool and auditorium right up in uh, the city in Dorchester County. That's pretty amazing. It's going to be state of the art. It's something very, very special. Uh, the mayor is talking about putting a senior center uh, uh, out there. Okay. We already have the Westcott uh, ballparks. Right. Uh, so recreation is a, is a big, big deal. Okay. Uh, at the same time, we're we're having to deal with the day-to-day, hour-to-hour, hand-to-hand combat of dealing with the impacts of growth. Mm -hmm. Primarily, increased traffic. Yes. Uh, our roadways are just not uh, designed uh, or conditioned to handle the increase in the volumes of vehicular traffic, whether you're talking about Wednesday Hill Boulevard, mm -hmm. which just got paved. Mm -hmm. uh, which I love. I love right. it. Um, and your husband was a key to that. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. A, a great uh, HOA leader. Um, uh, actually, Cross State Road, I remember uh, 15 years ago when it was widened to uh, six lanes uh, during rush hour now, that hardly seems uh, enough. Right. Uh, Dorchester Road, uh, the same way. Uh -huh. And we're now seeing uh, what we call induced congestion, meaning that the when we open up things like uh, new roadways paralleling the interstate, uh, it yes. just simply attracts more traffic to come through neighborhoods to get there quicker. Uh, we're going to be looking for Charleston County is planning a new flyover of um, Ashley Phosphate and uh -huh. Common Commerce, which will improve traffic flows on both of those arterial roadways, Common okay. Commerce Parkway and Ashley Phosphate. Uh, there's going to be a new interstate uh, interchange. Um, Right above uh, Northwood Shopping Center. Okay. Above so, it. Well, between Northwoods and, and the Trident Hospital, yeah, is the best way to describe it. Oh wow! That so that way you can just kind of be directly right going. It just it's almost like a. I know we don't have HOV lanes here, but it's essentially like a direct lane to where you're going. So the other thing we're working on is I don't understand why we don't have HOV lanes. Yes. Uh, um, Long-term goal, perhaps? Uh, I would hope it would be a short-term goal, like <laughs> day after tomorrow, because it's just it's just uh, incredible that it we is. haven't done it. And, and apparently, DOT has some reasons for it. Okay. Mayor and I were just talking about that this morning. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. I know um, it's so often, I know with me, the older I get, and the fact that our kids are in school, I'm getting more involved in, in asking questions and knowing which questions to ask um, and learning who to ask them to. Um, your constituents, when they get in touch with you, would, um, I know you probably, do you have a team that helps you with these communications? Like, how does that work? Because you're talking about a newsletter and getting information out. How does that work? Well, these days it works um, by turning on the computer as soon as I open my eyes. <laughs> Uh, because I feel very strongly that, uh, I guess this goes back to my, my training as a journalist, that mm -hmm. if, if we can't do anything else as elected officials, we can communicate, try to let people know what's going on. Um, and usually, uh, we have such a great 
response from uh, the mayor's office and his entire team. Mm -hmm. Usually, I can just relay requests for services. Okay. Uh, over the last six months, we've been trying to figure out how to uh, improve traffic flows down Patriot Boulevard in front of the Joe High School, for example. Yes. And it, it included putting in two new stoplights. And then as soon as you put stoplights in, they have to be calibrated. And every time they're calibrated, folks are saying, well, wait a minute, there's something different about this. Mm -hmm. So we have to help each other through these new norms. Mm -hmm. um, but this growth um, is not going away. Right. We have a net um, population increase, a net population increase, every day in Greater Charleston, 41. It's 41. And uh, most days I think that uh, all 41 are in the upper Dorchester court. I mean, it feels that way. It feels that way. I, I engage with the public all the time and I ask them about, you know, pros and cons of Columbia versus Charleston and and traffic and everybody's like, oh, we're full, we're full, we're full. But it's, it has a lot to do with the infrastructure infrastructure based on what you're saying and as well as putting things in place. We obviously are growing at a rate that we didn't predict. Um, That's true. And there's a there's another very interesting dynamic for our part of the city. Mm -hmm. And that is the quality of public schools. Yes. And Dorchester District 2 um, has outstanding schools. Charleston County's got fast improving schools. Definitely. So folks tend to um, choose, um, well, to make home decisions based on quality uh, schools and traffic. Yes. Um, and so that's one reason that we have become sort of uh, ground zero for having to deal with a lot of this growth. Our schools are just really good. Yes, I mean, I noticed too, um, just particularly in the Windsor Hill area, you have some apartments coming, um, you have Windsor Hill Elementary, and you're having some crowding. Um, of course, it's going to happen with every school because it's growing. Um, as far as the schools and traffic, one of my things that I've always been curious about is these lights. You, you brought up something earlier, the lights and the traffic. You mentioned the calibration, which I think a lot of people don't know anything about. And so we get frustrated with traffic because of the calibration. But also the sinking of lights. Like obviously during, you know, Rivers Avenue may have the lights sink because it's much, much wider used road. However, you have places like Ashley Phosphate, it's a huge vein in our area. The sinking of lights between there and Dorchester Road, how does that work? Is that something that we could possibly get at some point? Well, um, there, there are state roads and then there are local Roads. Okay. Ashley State, Dorchester, and even Rivers mm -hmm. are South Carolina Department of Transportation right. roadways. Um, SCDOT has fairly elaborate systems for syncing these lights okay. to um, to relate to um, high volume uh, use hours, otherwise known as rush hours. Okay. And sometimes it is confusing to. Uh, motorists because you know, you'll sit in the light and all of a sudden uh, off you go. Yes. Um, it's satellite controlled. Uh, we are uh, in frequent touch with SCDOT because a lot of times sinking these lights creates problems for 
communities like um, like those down to Windsor Hill Boulevard Carter because okay. you have to access to to Ashley Foster yes. if you turn left. And if they don't give you enough time, those cars can stack 10, 15, 20, Indeed. or 30 deep, and you might end up having to wait two or three uh, light changes. Yes. So we're always asking them to be mindful of that. Um, and we know that they've been out there doing some fresh surveying. Mm -hmm. So we're hopeful. You know, we have these apartments which were first planned five years ago. Uh -huh. They're coming out of the ground, you know, it's going to be a nice apartment community. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, though, uh, at the end of Windsor Boulevard, there will be another uh, increment of residential development. Okay. Uh, what we call the cathedral property. Okay. Uh, and that should start maybe at, uh, if the economy stays uh, sound, that should start in 2020. In 2020. And I think it will be very complementary. Uh, um, to the Indigo uh, Palms uh, neighborhood, which is a really nice neighborhood. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, what do you? Are there any plans to possibly connect maybe Windsor Boulevard to Fountain of Commerce? Because you're going to have a lot of congestion on that road once those what 200 homes, 199 homes come there. There, there are a couple of different uh, answers to that question. Mm -hmm. When uh, the Folks who want to develop the cathedral property came to the city and said, okay. We want uh, to put in, I think, 170 homes. Mm -hmm. uh, our response took two forms. One, you've got to maintain as much open space, environmental spaces as possible. Sure. And uh, the plans as of now really do emphasize that. Okay. And then the mayor required that there be. Uh, a dedicated footprint of property through the wetlands or eventual connection to Palmetto Commerce Parkway. Okay. Now, that means that it could be done. Okay. Uh, the question will be uh, when will it be done? Okay. At what cost? At what cost? Uh, I see. And there's a lot of factors involved in that and paying for it. I right, a lot of factors. That. Also, we're always concerned whether it's a school. Or, or whether it's a neighborhood with one way in and one way out. Yes. And you have a school back there that pretty much is one way in and one way out. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if there's anything they can do to fix that. I mean, it's kind of just what it, it is what it is in that area. Well, well the, the one way they could fix it, or we could fix it, um, is too connected to Too connected. A very expensive thing. But over time, it's probably going to. Okay, so it is, it is likely. But again, the mayor saw this and said, as a condition of the zoning that you need, you've mm -hmm. got to dedicate this. Okay. So, you know. Wow. Wow, that's been, that's been pretty useful. As far as the homes um, that may be, or that are coming um, possibly later this year, uh, any ideas about the builder and um, the number of homes that are going to be over there? Well, I think there's some, some uh, some transactions that have to fall into place before okay. we can comment on, I see. on the, who the developer will be. Uh, but we're, the initial um, plan was for about 170 homes. 170. And a, and a lot of uh, environmental ponding um, and, uh, again, walking trails. 
Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, which is quite improvement because that property value is no borrow pit. You know. Oh, good to know. Oh, borrow pit, uh, well, thank you. I've, I've really gotten a lot of great information from you, and not only me, but I'm sure that the viewers and listeners would be so appreciative to kind of know a little bit more about what your position entails, which you've done a really good job of explaining. Um, if people want to reach you or um, um, contact you, how would they do that? All they have to do is send me that, uh, that email. It's rbrin, real simple, R-B-R-I-N, AOL.com. And uh, I try to monitor it uh, as I go through my day, but again, the computer goes on. It's just, so if I don't, there's no way I can keep up with it all. So, yeah. Well, we definitely appreciate your service, and thank you for all the great things that you You're do. very kind. Thank you. Thanks for coming to City Hall. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Ron. Yeah, great. This has been another episode of the Charleston Real Estate Connection Podcast. You can find us on our website at charlestonreconnection.com. That's charlestonreconnection.com.